and now and 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 now welcome to all th- welcome to welcome to all things black and white when the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see Daddy No I won't be afraid Oh I won't be afraid just as long as you stand stand by me So darling Should tumble and fall, or the mountain should crumble to the sea. I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't shed a tear. Not a one. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. Little Ben E. King to get the vibes right, stand by me. It's been too long. September 24th, we put out our last episode. But we back, we back. Welcome to another episode, All Things Black and White Podcast. I am your host, Marcus, aka Daddy. my lovely wife with me mm-hmm. a lot has changed babe we 365 days in one year well more than that now you've been standing by me and i've been standing by you by me how you doing tonight baby i'm good it's been a productive day Good, good, love it. Mommy, how are you? By me. He's Episode so is this? Yes, he is. Love our son. But these terrible twos. Yeah, we really else. seeing how terrible, how terrible they are, um, from a from a boy's perspective. Um, we got to see that with Alana, but yeah, dude, with a boy, completely different. Alana was verbally sassy. Ryan is just aggressive and possessive. Sounds like his dad. Episode five, all things black and white podcast. Um, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all platforms, streaming podcasts. 2020 has definitely helped my mental health. Wifey has put in there. Um, has 2020 helped or hurt? your mental health and how are you coping with that? I believe it definitely has helped my mental health 
just from the standpoint of, you know, having time to reflect, having time to actually write things down that you want to do, having time to look back on things that you've done and things that you can improve on. So, and I, you know, was not on social media. Uh, like I said, even pre-COVID, pre all of the pandemic and all of that stuff, um, I was off. Once I started in November when we got back from New Orleans, I believe. And I didn't get on there until April. It was April Fool's Day, <laughs> to believe it or not. But just the simple fact of having time, getting a new job, something that I love doing. Coaching definitely came into play. And we had a football season, coaching two teams. So all of that, doing things that I love, having time with my family, all of that has definitely helped, you know, increased and improved my mental health. And um, I mean, yeah, I can't say, I mean, I'm coping. I guess that can be in a good way. I mean, it never, it didn't hurt it. So I'm not really coping with anything, but yeah. So 2020 has been like for me mentally. There has been times of, you know, that it may have altered a little bit, but for the most part, I mean, no, it, this year has definitely, you know, helped um, outside of the obvious, you know, traumas that the country is facing that impacts me as a black man and impacts my kids and our family. Um, but. I don't still I don't view that as hurting or hurting my mental my mental health. That's good. I feel like I fall in this gray area where I'm glad that we had all the family time together. I'm glad I got to work from home now. But now I spend a lot of time at home. I'm ready to get out. And See, I was For a home body, that's cool. I was loving it. I mean, yeah, I was I was itching to get out the house, but I, it wasn't like I was still going to be me regardless. Like I said, I can, if we do another shutdown thing, I'll be all right. Yes and no. I think what gets me or what makes me sad about it is there's so many restrictions that we can't even have like our kids' birthday parties. Like how we would want to have a kid's birthday. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. Um, that that part of it definitely does suck. We haven't had our friends over, well, most of our friends over since before the first shutdown. Yeah, last year um, was crazy for the for the friend interaction. Shout out all our friends out there. Um, you know, all the lovely couples, the Jerry's, Brianna's, Jimmy, Kendall, um, Joey, Cam. Who I'm missing? You've seen Charlie and Diamond. Uh, Charlie Diamond. Shout out my man C Dub, uh, Kenny, Kenny and Claire. But we haven't um, really like hung. But out yeah, last year was crazy for that, and yeah, time. you're right for sure. I mean, we've hung out with Shiloh and Austin. But yeah, shout out them too. Aside from Shiloh and Austin, we haven't really seen any of our other friends. So that's kind of sad. Not what we expected for 2020. Right. 
But just going back to you know what you what you said um, about the working from home thing, because that's actually the next the next point, the next topic that you have on here that a lot of people have actually transitioned to working from home. And um, so being that you are, you know, working from home, how are you dealing with your self care and being at home? No kids for the most part, but um, they're here every now and then. But how does that uh, how does that feel? I love working from home, but trying to balance like self care along with the house chores and work has been a bit more of a struggle than I anticipated because I'm not or I haven't found a good routine. Because you don't like change. Um, it depends. I enjoy working from home. But because I don't leave the house, I feel like all I do is think about what needs to be done around the house. But also our office or my office is now at home. So I also think about the work accumulating on the back side of this computer screen. And that's kind of stressful too. On a stressful job. Yeah, taking calls, um, you know, from people that forget they're talking to a human. I've been there. Customer service, retention, all of that. Um, I don't like it, <laughs> you know, just from a husband's, you know, perspective and just me being me. You know, I don't like nobody. Because, like, that's somebody's wife, dude. That's my wife. Somebody mom and stuff like man talk like you got some sense but you know but comes I think with that the comes territory back, well i think it also comes back to how you're raised that too if you grow up my personal standpoint if you grow up in a household where you listen to your parents talk to strangers like they're the welcome mat at your front door then you feel entitled to do the same thing when you go out in public because you know that it gets a response yeah. That I have a problem with personally. But I know. I just wish more people understood like if you're polite to the people that you're expecting help from, you're more likely to get it. The golden rule. Do unto others. <laughs> you want others to do unto you. So simple. Yep. So complicated to some people. Moving right along here, um, I, I was looking at the next topic, but then I was like, I want to bounce, kind of want to bounce around. You put a YouTube video in here. I'm very, I didn't, I missed that. Oh, because I was just. What is it? Um, Should I click It's it? like a little interview that Michelle Obama did when she released her book. It's basically talking about marriage, but it kind of correlates with one of the points. Wonder how long is what point? Um, marriage counseling or couples therapy. We here now. Let's go ahead and dive right in there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive right in there. What do you think about marriage counseling? Oh, I'm open to it. I feel why. Like, well. Because I feel like you everybody think somebody needs... can tell us about us and how to fix us if we need fixing. Well, honestly, I would be open to it before we have something that needs to be seriously fixed. I just feel like if you have an objective third party that isn't taking sides, but can give you 
like positive feedback on how you could better your communication <laughs> skills or your interactions with your spouse, I feel like everybody would benefit. I'm laughing because I'm just thinking of all these TV shows that I see episodes of like my wife and kids and the game. And um, it's another one I'm trying, but mainly my wife and kids because Michael, he's so he like not to say petty, but for lack of a better word, but like just like competitive, funny. I'm not like he won't rub it in, and I feel like that's gonna be me. That would be it. like that. That will for sure be me because I feel like they're, and I kind of agree with that point. Like if we got somebody there that's, you know, a referee that's literally just right in the middle, they're gonna tell you like. I'm gonna be like, see, that's what I think. <laughs> like, that's what I was trying to say. Cause, like, I don't know. And that kind of ties into a topic we talked about on, you know, um, in the field podcast was that why is it hard for women to admit when they are wrong? And my cousin girlfriend was like, yeah, it takes me like days to like, she was like, I gotta make sure that I'm wrong. We was just laughing, like, what? Are you serious? We was like, well, shit, how long, how long Deontay got? Like, how long you got? Yeah, no, they were, man, what? <laughs> like, just shit, like, it was funny, but it was like, that's the kind of the reality. Like, we joke and we laugh about it, but I mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that That's funny. But is it I something that you would to, be open to? Yeah, for sure. Would you be open to it as a proactive measure or? As a last resort. See, I, I'm not going to let it. And I always say this. Like, I feel like I, I don't, I'm not going to let it get to a last resort. Like, I mean, because like I said, I'm not, I don't believe in divorce. So I'm not going to be of the mindset of, well, we need therapy to save our marriage because we about to get it. Like, nah, that's not going to, no. But I mean, yeah, like if it's something like where we just can't get like, we just butt in, it's like bad and we whatever, then yeah, for sure. But even if it before I even get to that point, then yeah. Like it can we can be starting off good. We can go next week and be good and have that same therapist for like, I don't know, we've been married fifty years. Hopefully that therapist grow with us. Or, you know, if not however old it is, whatever. But you kinda get where I'm going. Doesn't um uh, yeah, doesn't matter. That'd be cool. I'd be open to it. That's what's up. Look at that. But basically that's what that little clip was. Because she does address it in her book that they went to therapy. Which I need to get to. Man, I got so many books lined up. Um, good segue um, to what books have we been reading and, you know, what would we recommend and why. And uh, I am still, unfortunately, sad to say on this um, autobiography, autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, I think I, I started that in April or May. It's been a minute. <laughs> uh, but like I said, I got I got back working and I just kind of lost my routine of reading books. Um, during during the qu quarantine, I had I knocked out three, I think, or two, two. Well, or you read three and Charlemagne's and a half. book. Yeah, I knocked out both of those, and well, yeah, I might have started to Mac and Mac. So I mean, yeah, I, I knocked out two books, um, and that's a lot <laughs> for me. So okay. um, this is probably the, the most reading yeah. that I've seen you do. Facts. In this amount of time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still reading that, but like I said, I got a few lined up. We just talked about the Michelle Obama book, Becoming, have The Alchemist, have The Four Agreements, Michael Eric Dyson, 
Okay, so you're not into fiction. Books. You mostly read nonfiction. Or that's mm. what you gravitate towards. I mean, I I can gravitate towards fiction. It has to be like a good story. Like I gotta something has to catch my eye. I need have to so start. many Stephen King books, and you have yet to read any. Okay, <laughs> okay, so that'll be next then. I'll get, I'll get off the nonfiction way, but I no, I think the Alchemist is. Oh, I don't know. That's what I was asking. I think the Alchemist might be fiction. Yeah. Well, because Charlemagne's books are clearly nonfiction. But, right. But no, yeah, and the Four Agreements is more like a not a inspirational quote type book, but it's not, you know, not like a story kind of thing. But yeah, I can um I get down with some Stephen King once I finish Malcolm X. Rest in peace, Malcolm X. But um, what about you? What books you reading, babe? What you recommend? You the bookworm. I have actually read a lot of books so far this year. I think I am all on your Kindle cheating. No, some of them were hard copies. I have read 20 books already this year. Sheesh. All kinds of stuff. Oh, mom. So if you're like looking for self-help type books, um, I have mentioned them before, but the Hollis, well, they used to be Mary. Uh, Rachel and... Well, her now ex-husband Dave Hollis. They each have I books if they out. Did therapy. I'm pretty sure they have. I think they do individual therapy too. But uh, his book came out during the shutdown called "Get Out of Your Own Way." That was really good. Untamed by Glennon Doyle was a good read. Also, more of like an inspirational self-help type of book. Really liked that. I did end up reading "The Haunting of Hill House." After we watched the Netflix series, which it was not quite the same, but yeah, the first the first season was better. I want to fill in the second one. I liked the second one. You had to get through the second season entirely to kind of understand the bigger picture, um, but it was definitely a much slower start than the Haunting of Hill House was. Mm. But no, the, I mean Netflix used some of the pieces of Shirley Jackson's book, but the storyline is different ultimately. So that was a little disappointing because I really did like the Netflix special. Um, what else have I read? Oh, I've gone back and was just reading some James Patterson books. Would you recommend all those books? Uh, the Haunting of Hill House. It was like just an eh from me. But Untamed by Glennon Doyle, that was a really good one. Um, and Get Out of Your Own Way by Dave Hollis were really good. I have yet to get my hands on Rachel's newest book. Uh, didn't see that coming. I think it came out in September, maybe. I haven't purchased it yet, so that's on my thing, my list of books to read. Some good ones. And we are open to some suggestions as well. If you have some books for us to read, you know, shoot us some messages. Um, you know, like, subscribe on our page. Once we get our link up, I said maybe we should create a page. I think we should. What do you mean? Create by like page? a create like an Instagram account for our podcast. Sure. Take questions, feedback, all of that kind of stuff. You're in charge of it. I'm not consistent enough. Of course. 
It's all good. Can always add more to my plate. I just feel like you're better at managing that kind of stuff. I let a couple days go by and then I forget about it and then it'll be like six weeks. Take pride in it. Thank you, babe, for noticing that. So the importance of prioritizing um, our marriage after the kids. You know, we do have two little ones. Um, and how do we feel connected to each other while still trying to be parents but also prioritize prioritize our marriage um and i feel like there are often times where they you know they they mix they collide as far as i don't know just us trying to appeal to each other but you know we got both of both of the kids are either yelling mom or i'm got Ryan contained, but Alana's still, you know, doing whatever. Then I, Alana, she's over here and vice versa. And, you know, so it's kind of, um, you know, for two relatively young parents, um, still in the, what, honeymoon phase, I guess, if you would say, but we're a year in. But still just, you know, kind of being fresh and early and new to, you know, marriage and raising a family. Um, I feel like we do a pretty good job at you know putting the kids first and still keeping our marriage and what we have going on emotionally physically intact um it's not perfect there are lapses and you know things happen but we work through it and you know get right back on track of you know being consistent and doing that so i feel like we do a pretty good job at it and obviously getting better and could be better and if we do add another little you know beerum to the mix you know you're just gonna have to make us up our game and you know expect more and that i mean that's my dealing i guess as a father is always i'm gonna want to expect more from you know the kids too you know because we have smart kids and you know with alana being the oldest at six you know it's just certain things that my wife may not agree with how I'm doing it or how like it's being relayed or whatever, but I'm just trying to get it out there early because she is smart and she's aware. So I feel like the earlier I get in there to say whatever, have her practice good habits of just doing, being a good person, um, then the better off, you know, she'll be that'll trickle down to Ryan. Cause he already doing everything that she's doing. So that's just, you know, like I said, where I come from of, you know, just trying to make sure that they on the up and up and they doing everything that, you know, we expect of them. And then, you know, being a blueprint and showing them how it's done and us being together and making decisions together and, you know, having a healthy, happy marriage. But So I will say in terms of prioritizing our marriage, we often joke around about the fact that we did things the non-traditional way. We met, we had kids, then we got married. That I would say would be a curveball that I was not necessarily expecting growing up. I feel like when you get married and you have that time to bond just as a couple before you introduce kids, in some ways that's probably an advantage 
But we came into marriage having to balance three individuals, four individuals right off the bat. Not that it's a bad thing. No. I just feel like it it for real was a curveball. And I mean, sad to say, but I mean, that's this generation. I just think for the most part, but you know, me, I've always relay relate things to sports and, you know, I embrace, you know, that challenge. I embrace the setbacks or I embrace, you know, all of the things that we didn't do right, but that we're doing now and we got to like it, make it that much harder about whatever. Hey man, bring it on. We're going to get it done when it's going to happen and we're going to be happy. But like I said, we doing it together and that's all that I can ask for. And I'm fine with that. But yeah, definitely was non-traditional and <laughs> is what it is. Okay. But we make it do what okay. it do. And we'll just be more consistent. And we the shit at it. You know what I'm saying? Gotta be more consistent about defense. Big facts. Which is this Wednesday. We should do a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, my wife got a puzzle for us to do, and she did it by her damn self. Because you were busy. How crazy is that? It's okay. <laughs> we can do it again. Like but to all my fellas out there, what if I was to do it? <laughs> I'll be staying over somebody's house right now. Oh, for the night. <laughs> like, are. what? All over a puzzle. But they can get that off. You know, she can get that off. I asked Go you to help me. Do the damn stupid ass puzzle. I don't give a damn about that fucking puzzle. <laughs> I asked you to do it with me. That's funny. You had other plans. That's funny. I did. We started. I started out, you know, separating. Separating the. Um, yeah, and then you left to go pick up your CCW. The, the border pieces and all of that stuff. And come on now. Yeah, that's important. You got to protect the family. And we out here now. Don't no nobody try it. We legal over here. Self defense. You knew that I was starting the puzzle. That was my whole point. Well, I got some uh, Robin Thick. Wanna love you, girl, right here. Real brief intermission. Real brief. Real brief. DJ bag. 
she's the kind of girl you wanna marry. And I did. I did just that. I put a ring on it. Know how I be. All my fellas, when you got the right one, don't amen. Do it. Actually, that's a that's a. I want to get your opinion on that bag because we had. I don't know if you. She probably listened to in the field podcast sometimes, but she don't really care too much for their memories and all the throwback stuff. But yeah, eh, sometimes hey, I it, wish she wouldn't put out. There. I mean, I, it's. So we had a topic on there that um they asked and it was like how long should you date before you get married and i would like to know your take on that given that we did everything backwards um honestly i don't think that you need a time frame to date necessarily before you get married i feel like if you have that like instant you know, souls connected type of relationship and your views are like the important stuff that you have views about um, like kids and marriage and finances and all of that is in line with the other person. Go for it. Just go for it. So what if we dated for like 10 years, 15 years? I mean, I think I'd be a little upset with you if you just, we're dragging your feet that long, but I feel like if you dated somebody for four months and decided to get married, go for it. So you don't really care if it's like a short timeline, but if we was in there for five plus six plus, you going to leave just because I leave, but I think we're going to have a conversation about why you don't want to get married. I mean, because it was a few guys on there on the pod and was like, well. I must like, not have heard that conversation. Yeah, it was just like they, like the title thing. Like, I mean, Grant is for aesthetics. It's for the look. It's for the government. I don't know, whatever, like people have their different reasons of like marriage and how they view and marriage. That's fine. So, right. And, and it's cool. But, but I'm saying. I'm just saying like if that was, you know, if we fresh, no kids and. You know, we we dating and it's like I said, 10, 15 years. And I'm just like, eh, well, I mean, I think it depends on what you like, value. It's me, at that it's me and you like I ain't going. No, it's you, baby. Like, I think it depends on what you value, like where you, you see value. You. But I'm talking about like in life, in your future, how you see your future. Most people, you most people being with you. OK, I understand that. But there's a lot of people out there yeah. like my family who see it as a milestone to the next chapter you could say you don't move in together until you get married you know you don't have kids until you are married and you've been living together i mean those are like milestone markers obviously we did things out of order but if if we're living together and we don't have kids but you're also not in a rush to get married then i'm going to start to wonder what's holding you back from wanting that next step. You know what I mean? Nothing. Because I found my person. I'm just going, like I said, I'm just being devil's advocate. I'm being that person that's like, they don't, like, whose tradition, like, check mark, like, who said this is how it's supposed to go? Like, what I if, think I that goes into how you were raised. Like, A lot of people. But what if they, like, I was, what if I was raised that way? Like, I was raised or did, I'm just saying I'm speak I'm in somebody else's body. I'm somebody else. Like what if I I'm just saying, like, what if I, I was raised 
right? Two family house or two parent household, brother, sister, white picket fence, the whole American dream, quote unquote. Like, what if I don't? What I want to do my own. Well, as long as your opinions and your views on life or your future match up with the person that you are with, then that's fine if you don't want to get married for another 10 years. That's where I want to get it. Well, that's what I'm saying. As long as you guys view things on the same timeline in similar fashion, that's one thing. But from somebody that has always wanted to be a wife and a mom, if I'm partnered with somebody that I, I love intensely and I want to be married and I want to have kids and I want to buy the house or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing and I'm getting resistance from you, then I'm wondering what is wrong with me? What is it about me that you don't want to also take those next steps? But if, but if you both are cool with dating or living together for 10 years before you take that next step, you is me and you. My partner. That's fine. I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't want to get married and they don't want to have kids and they cohabitate with Not their don't significant other. Thing. I, I mean, I don't, that's... There are people that don't want to have kids for various reasons. Yeah, true that. I can't imagine not wanting kids, but coming from a family with so many kids, right. I think I was just destined. Piggy and back off of the marriage conversation. That was pretty good. How important is it in making your spouse feel loved? And do you find yourself actively trying to love your spouse in their love language as opposed to your own love language? And I kind of alluded to this in the letter I wrote you for a year anniversary. And I was like, I never want you to doubt. Like, it may sound like when I'm asking you, like, are you sure? Like, you this, you know, whatever. And I'm trying to, I actually like, well, do you love me? Like, it's not that I don't, it's not that I doubt, doubt it. I just love to hear it. Like I said, I want to feel that security. I want to keep feeling that love and that reassurance so i think that is very important and to be honest i'm surprised that you say that because there are times that i say things looking for reassurance or like security and you it just it almost goes over your head like you don't understand that that's what i'm going for but i feel like even though we both scored as a quality time love language is like our top priority. Like for me, words of affirmation is a very close second. And I can, like I said, for sure be better. I said that in the letter as well um, about just, I don't know, giving that, um, that reassurance, even just random times where, you know, I love you and I just give you a smile or something and, but I don't really say it back because I'm like, like I'm, I know. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, um, but no, I feel like, you know, we, I we do a little bit overkill on it. I know. No, <laughs> that's not going to stop. I, just, no, I say it like it every never, hour. It can never be an overkill, but just 
we make each other feel very loved. And I feel like we do make it a point to let make each other know, like, hey, like, you know, I love you. I read the book. There it's an actual book. The author's name is Gary Chapman. It's called Western. Love the Five Love Languages. We've talked about it before. We own it, babe. I own it. I gotta read it on a device. No, it's I have a, a hard copy, like oh. a physical cool. A physical copy. I do that. Please don't highlight or dog ear my pages though. That's like a pet peeve of a book lover. But what about the second part of this question? Do you feel like you actively try to like love me and my love language and not so much? Prior to reading the book, uh, I don't think it would have made sense to say that you should love somebody in their love language. I feel like we would have just been trying to communicate in two different actions, I guess you could say. Um, no, I think since we're reading the book, I do make a more conscious effort, I feel like, to be present. That actually became one of my like goals. Um, so I do like a gratitude list of like the five things every day that I'm grateful for and 10 goals that I have that I would like to accomplish, you know, say in the next five or 10 years, depending on whenever I can check mark those boxes. Um, and one of them was to just like be more present and considering that our love languages is quality time. Um, I feel like the weekly date nights, um, you know, just spending time finding a Netflix series that we enjoy watching or some type of movie. I feel like we try to make a more conscious effort now to love each other in those respective love languages instead of being confused on why we're not vibing how we should i mean think about all the quality time that we spent together in tiffin like we would study together i'd watch you play video games which was crazy (laughs) me studying but no i used to watch you play video games just to spend time with you Mm -hmm. and like you said just little stuff like that like even when i was on the playstation during quarantine and stuff like that like just you I sit with being you. like yeah just you being there and i would sometimes turn around yeah she probably would be on her phone or not be on her phone but i would be like well she right there and then she would put it down and some like, of the oh, games yeah. that you play honestly make so me anxious some of them i think it's just like the suspense of the game it like gives me anxiety anything walking outside probably will give you anxiety you're such an anxious person I, w- I don't think I was this anxious before kids. Well, no, that's, and you're, I'm you know, far you're more anxious like, no, now. for sure. It's in your nature now, but far more anxious now. Yeah. Speaking of our babies, you know, um, you know, they have their own love language as well. What do you think theirs? <laughs> what do you think their love Man, language would be? They are at a tough age. Um, it actually, there is a, a kid's version book of that love languages book by the same author. Um, and I have that on my reading list. Uh, I actually have the ebook on my Kindle right now. Um, reading it a little bit at a time. Just from their personalities right now, oh man, I feel like Alana is somewhere between a words of affirmation and a like a touch. Um, so like that physical closeness for her. That's makes definitely, her feel I feel like loved. that's Ryan. 
Ryan for sure, but I I don't know if that's because of his age or if that's going to stick with him where like physical touch is his love language. He wants to be like right next to you, holding your hand or sitting on top of you. Uh, where I feel like a lot of with is between. That's probably just a male thing. He snuggled with you Sunday. Well, no, but I'm Not just saying, together. but like that's just a boy and his mom. Like he wants to, yeah. Like, but even not in that. love, he wants to play tackle football. He wants to. Mm-hmm. He just enjoys that, like physicality. Right, that's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like he gonna be yeah. a. Like he gonna be a. He's a a boy's boy. I feel like he gonna be a brute. I be I be looking at him at the gym like. And another reason why. I'm trying to like get a hold on him and try to just get him under control somewhat because I don't want that to when we start to get him in school and they don't know how to talk to him or they don't know how to get him to stop having these fits and all of this stuff or not how to communicate and talk. And so I don't, it's yeah. So do you think that comes back to how we love our children? Um, I think when your kids feel loved, they respond better. Um, just in general, they're more likely to do the things that you ask them to do. They're less likely to act out because they already feel secure at home. I would so I think that's like hope super important. think that they feel secure at home. I mean, granted, that can be a little much sometimes, but still, they know that. Well, our kids for sure, but not every love. kid goes home to that same type of lifestyle. So, like, I would think. I would think even from like a teacher's perspective, you have some type of relationship with this kid. I hope that if they're not getting that attention, that security, love feeling at home, that they're getting, you know, yeah, they feel loved by somebody. But now our kids are probably too spoiled. Which, like I said, that could go in, in another direction. Just because they spoiled, that don't mean that that could automatically go how we want it to go, go good, or how we would hope it would go. A spoiled kid, like I said, I can go completely left. I know. I'm just saying, I feel like I'm overly affectionate with our kids. I'm. I've been on record saying this. I'm fifty-fifty, the perfect balance, and I try to be. I try my damn hardest to be the perfect balance because like i said i feel like i've and i relate every i'm a black male i have to i gotta be i feel like there's a lot of things that we don't spoil our kids on like when they get hurt like we are not super sympathetic you not I must not be here for those occasions. What? Have you never heard me ask the kids if we need to just cut it off? Like, if they're not bleeding, but man, I don't know, go get an ice pack. Do we need to cut it off? No. And uh, was it Lana? It might have been Lana when we were getting out of the car yesterday. She was carrying some stuff. And all, all the time, we're always telling the kids to figure it out. And so when we were getting out of the car after we came back from the store, she's like, Mom, I have all this stuff. How am I supposed to carry it on? She was like, never mind. Figure it out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, something's stuck. Right, good. That's what's up. <laughs> so I was like, I have nine Walmart bags to carry, and you have your book bag from your sleepover. Yeah, 
That's what's Figure up. it out. That's what's we would be doing them a huge disservice if we didn't, you know, teeter the line of, you know, being too hard or, you know, just not coddling so much. Like, at least from my point of view, like I gotta gotta be a realist at some point. Oh, I'm all for it. Yeah. I feel like they need to learn to survive. They need to learn that somebody's not always going to be there to do something for them. So I'm yep. all for that, which is what baffles me when you say that. Like I coddle the kids too much. I'm like, no, I don't. But you do. I mean, I, I guess just I like just I'm blend more that. Affectionate than you are. Well, yeah, and I just feel like, and I blend that in with just the all of the things that you would say yes to under like a certain circumstance or whatever the situation is just whenever they ask or whatever like you will say yes to in certain situations i'll just be like man like like that's supposed to be a no <laughs> like i just don't care about like, if they yeah, want to no, ask me for I another yogurt by all means I get that. i'm no, tired of I listening mean, to you whine go I ahead know, eat the yogurt. Just, it's just, i don't know and then it's also like how they act <laughs> like over certain situations like just like yeah, we may not care about giving them the milk, but you over here crying over some milk? Like, I'm like, oh my God. Think about all the times that we tell our kids Man. it's not that serious. Right, we too fucking much, and they still be crying. Any it's parent, we figure need, it out, and it's yeah, not that serious. I need some Honestly, help. I'm surprised our kids don't repeat those to us. Yeah. Because um, Ryan sure has caught on to some of the other ones, like Hush. I'm telling you, that boy, man, me and him, we go. It's so we hard not to, to laugh at him when he does it. Like, button. it's not funny. Yeah, we're going to be button heads. Because he shouldn't be yelling <laughs> it. But at the that same time, it's funny because he's so adamant when he says it. It just, yeah, it makes me laugh. That little boy. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, him pitching kindergarten. He over here talking about some hush to the T. See, <laughs> we getting that cause. See, that's what we like. Look, y'all going to have to look away or I'm gonna to, we going to have to take this to the bathroom or something. Because I'm like, dude. You was not about to be in here acting like that in school. <laughs> I'm laughing now. Like I said, I'm laughing now. And I've always, like I said, I've been on record where I'm like, I have the baby stage and all that stuff is cool, but I'm ready for like, like Ryan, he about to be two. I'm ready for him to be where Alana at right now. Five, six. I'm ready for that with him. Like I was saying that with Alana, Alana's kind of there and, you know, she's, you know, obviously going to continue to get older and I don't know how I'm going to be feeling <laughs> like I said, cause I've already yeah, wished. Not ready for it. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've already wished like four years ago when she was in Ryan's shoes that I wished. And I was like, I can't wait till she get like five, six and it's here. But now that she's here at that age, I don't know, you know, about her getting, cause if I'm wishing Ryan to get five, six, you know, that that's going to put her at nine, 10 and I'm, oh my, Part of what makes me not ready for that is, to a degree, I'm a helicopter mom. I can say that. I don't know what that means. That I want to oversee what our children are doing or who they're with all the time. And the older they get, the more you lose that like control. Shit. To a degree. Think about all the things you were doing as a teenager. I mean, that yeah. scares me. I know. <laughs> I don't even want her to go down the but, street and play with the neighbor kids. I know, but that's gonna come with how we communicate with her 
in the household, how we raise her in the house and the kind of information that we give her. And we just going to have to hope for the best. But like I said, so 13, teen, you're a teenager. That 13 talk is going to have to be a talk because like you a teenager, 13. I, I didn't get like that talk talk at 13. But I mean, what? I was... I probably had got a kiss by then. Um, probably was touching kid. All that's like I don't. I was probably exposed to not like I wasn't. I was still a virgin, but just like you know, dancing on a touching on a girl, kissing, and like I didn't experience all that. Exposed to porn and all of that at like I said, teenage thirteen. Yeah, so Ryan for sure is gonna get it, but we have a daughter and we nah. No, oh, yeah, so at 13, going to have to be a talk. And every year from there is going to have to be a talk mm-hmm. until, until you know, they off to college. And then it's, ain't no more talks. We didn't get you the talks from 13 to 18. She like, was asking me when she stops being yeah. a child, and I told her never. Just for the sake that, you know, she's always going to be 18. our child. I mean, yeah, for sure, but... In the in the eyes of the world, I, yeah, I told her that she has to be eighteen. That's yep. when she can sign her own paperwork and make her own decisions, mm-hmm. technically. But no, I still. If right, she lives at home, you pay a bill or you follow the rules. Right, that's a fact. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't wish that on our kids. I don't think that. I mean, granted, who knows what the situation would be. But if it's a good situation, yeah, well, welcome that. Wouldn't care. But if, like I said, we got one of them kids, man. Ain't doing nothing. Just oh man, it's gonna be. I love the baby stage. Tough. They don't want to <laughs> be, be away tough. from you. It is what it is. Let's have another one. I always thought my mom was crazy for having six kids and saying that she would have kept having kids. It's like what? There's no way. How do you? Keep track of six human beings, like tiny human beings. But now that we have two, I'm like, eh, what's two more? What's four more? Let's have all the babies. Although, probably not double digits. That's a lot. Financially, that's a lot. Not going over four. So you say. I mean, especially if I get, like I said, we get two and two. We got two. We got one and one. So, of the next two, if they. So, what if we end up with two of one? Like two boys or two. Well, you'd be fine with two boys. What if we ended up with two more girls? Then what? I got to get another boy. Okay. It's on record. I've always said this. It's on record. I've always said that. Then I get another one. Why? Got to. But like, what do you get out of that? He got a brother. It ain't about me. One have a brother. Okay. I have two. And I mean, he would be like me. He would be the older brother. Um, I said I don't. I didn't. I never had an older brother. I just said the closest thing I had to an older brother was Tommy. But that's that would be why. 
it would be I for him. Oh no, yeah, it would be for him. And like I said, for him to have a brother. Now nah, he a big brother. To like I said, to a boy, he'd probably be a, yeah, big brother to the other two girls. He could but, be a big little brother to Lana. Well, yeah, that's a fact. Cause he yeah, he won't be the first boy. And well, I just know he's gonna outgrow her. Her tiny mm, petite self. I don't know. He gonna he looking like he's getting ready to be tiny himself. Alana is tiny overall. She never made it out of the eighth percentile for height and weight. Ryan has a chance. He's above that 50% mark. We'll see. Anything else, babe, you want to talk about? We just kind of went on a long little tangent. You know, people probably don't want to hear about us talk about our kids. We got real comfortable there for a second. But you talk about your past on your other podcast. I'm just, that's. Like the energy's up. Like I said, that was just like we got real comfortable. Like I said, I know that when I play it back, it, it got like just real. It was no, yeah, we got off on a tangent. But again, wanna, we good. We didn't cover everything on the list. We can go ahead and get out of here. The flowers on the table, I'm missing a touch. The way that you hold me. But no one above. Yep. We back, we back. My soul inspiration lately. Welcome to welcome to welcome to all things all black and white. I know you've been patient with me. All nights I need it. Tell me when you're lonely. I know that you're waiting tonight. Shout out emotional oranges. Just like you Just like you Just like you All my ladies, all my ladies, you need that makeup, that skincare, that tea tree oil, all that face treatment. Make sure y'all go follow my wifey. Don't knock the tea tree. EM underscore J907 instagram emily joe Biron or emily Biron on facebook fellas make sure y'all get y'all ladies some makeup man some pharmacy holla at wifey it's more than makeup babe or holla at me and not holla at wifey we got skincare we got perfume how to get the bath soaps lotion all that all that i got a men's line too Good products, good products. We'll make sure we get all the tags and all of that stuff right in the episode. It was good to be back. We're going to be more consistent with our recording. Shit had this episode out this week. Episode five, episode five. Some good conversation. Appreciate all the supporters, all the listeners that we've had so far. Pulling up the stats, 143 total listens with an audience size of 22 people. 
So imagine us talking in front of 22 people. We in Germany, Singapore, Ireland, Germany, United Kingdom, Singapore, Ohio, Washington, Virginia, Michigan, Texas, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Oregon, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Illinois, Cali, Alabama, Tennessee, New York, and Florida. 45% on Apple Podcasts, 18% on Spotify. You can also find us on Anchor as well. All things black and white. Welcome to, welcome to, welcome to all things black and white.